0: Hello, ocean-loving friends, and welcome back to Underwater Photography Exposed, the podcast that shares stories and adventures from behind the lenses all around the world. I'm your host, Emma Burdett, and on today's episode, I'm speaking with an absolutely wonderful human, Elaine Hicks from Hawaii. Elaine has fused her passion of helping people with mental health above the water with freediving, So now as a freediving instructor, mermaid instructor, and freedive meetup host, Elaine has so much to share when it comes to overcoming your fears to enter the water for the first time, the power of freediving for mindfulness, and tips on how to replicate the positive psychological impacts of freediving when you're away from the water. Uh, spoiler alert, it involves capturing plenty of video and photos to watch back later. Anyway, that's enough from me, let's dive into the conversation. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to the podcast. I am so excited to have Elaine Hicks with me here today. Welcome, Elaine. Thank you so much for having me on today. I'm super excited about this. Yes, absolutely. One of the things I love most about this podcast is the community and getting people together. And I know that's a really, really big thing for you and what you do. So I'm so thrilled to have you here. Thank you for joining again. So Elaine, tell me a little bit about you. Where where are you? What do you do? What does life look like in your world? Okay, so um, I'm in Hawaii, I'm on the island of
1: Oahu, I live in the west side, little town called Kapolei, Um, but travel all over the island to dive, and I'm also a clinical social worker, and a substance abuse counselor. So I do a lot of work in mental health and addiction issues. And a few years ago, when I started freediving, well, about four years ago, I noticed this amazing connection between diving and how I felt like I could just be like a human again. And I felt calm and relaxed and like more engaged and so disconnected from the digital life that I just felt like I had found this superpower. And as I kept progressing in my freediving career, I took a couple of classes I found this interesting connection between our physiology, the nervous system, the mammalian dive reflex, and healing for like anxiety, depression, and trauma. And so that kind of propelled me into taking an instructor course but along the way I also noticed that there were like these little groups of freedivers all over the island and it was really hard to find like solid partners and dive buddies and people at your level to go out with and years before COVID I used to have a salsa and bachata beach party every month and then one day I was like well I wonder what would happen if I just had a freedive meetup or a freedive party in the water and who, who would come and who would be interested in that and And so I started that in July of 2020 and had like six people. All my friends, you know, we just kind of went through all these caves and had a good time. And now it's progressed to where we have theme dives, like for Halloween and Christmas and 4th of July. And I have free meetups every month that everyone is welcome to attend. They don't have to be certified, um, but they do need to meet some criteria, of course, and be comfortable and can handle themselves. But we've kind of created this inclusive and very diverse community of like all body types all kinds of different abilities and different kinds of people with different levels of freediving experience and so that's been one of my major goals was to build this open community where people can just come and free dive together make other friends and then go off together and be safer divers
0: oh i love that incredible and it's it, it's all happened in a really good time when people probably really needed that community there's a lot going yes. on over that time absolutely wow okay Had Had you been an ocean person growing up or did you just find free diving? How did that happen?
1: It's so funny because I grew up overseas in Germany. My father was in the military. And so we were always landlocked, but constantly in the pool, at least every other day and definitely on the weekends. And in Germany, they have these amazing, you know, like multi big complexes of pools. But every summer we went to Greece or Spain or Italy or Turkey or somewhere. And we spent the whole time in the ocean. I just always dreamed of living somewhere where I could be by the water. And then I got married to a service member and he relived in Washington state. And I just remember being so sad and depressed because the weather was so like, you know, dark and dank and there was so much pine everywhere. And I'm allergic to everything there. And he came home one day in like March and said, guess what? We got orders for Hawaii. We're not going till October. And I said, go back, talk to them. Take us now. We need to go. And so we ended up moving here in July of 2008. And the first time I went snorkeling was in Hunama Bay, which is a reserve kind of preserved area for like tourists. I mean, a lot of locals go to. It's just a beautiful little area to go swimming. And the first time I went Snorkeling, I had a panic attack. <laughs> it was just so crazy because I was in like I think knee high water and I was terrified to breathe out of a snorkel. Anytime I swam before I just had on goggles. I had never really used a snorkel before. It was crazy. It was the craziest thing to me. Yes, and now here I am, you know, at least a thousand meters offshore most days, happy as a clam, just swimming <laughs> around, you know.
0: <laughs> oh, um, wow. But-
1: Um, Right before COVID, I started snorkeling at one of our other popular spots called Electric Beach. And there's this really interesting pipe that comes out because there's a power plant across the street from the beach. And these huge, massive pipes come out about 250 meters, maybe 300 offshore and hot water's coming out. So all the fish are there. It's about nine meters deep at the bottom and there's a fallen like tower we still don't know what the tower was from and there's fish and turtles and they're jumping in the stream of water and they're getting shot out we've even seen sharks come into this stream and we think they're playing of course because mm-hmm. they're getting bounced around and they keep coming back and turtles jump in the stream kids jump in the stream but i used to go straight out there swim around for 30 minutes and run back to shore never went anywhere else to explore and then covid happened and we found about out about dolphins At this one magical place up on West Side, I'm not going to say the name of the place because Mm. we're, you know, we got to keep these areas sacred. So I had never been more than 250 meters offshore. I had short little fins, my little crusty mask, you know, me and my friend um, weren't that great at snorkeling. We certainly never had been freediving and we swam out. And then this pod of like 40 dolphins came at us, like torpedoes. And I was terrified. (laughs) these aren't little puppies you know these are huge animals and i thought for sure okay they're gonna take me out but they swam around us and they they did their thing there was you know then i learned later that they were sleeping and cruising by and this was one of their resting areas and then like four or five spearfishers came up on us and they're like what are you guys doing out here because this is covid right this is april 2020 and we weren't even allowed to be on the beaches if we were getting in the water we had to run across and jump in i couldn't sit on the beach and then we saw these these guys diving down to the bottom, which was probably 10 meters. And I was just enthralled. And I left that day feeling none of the effects of COVID, not, not as far as being sick, but mentally, like that fear and uncertainty. And I felt this huge level of awe and engagement I hadn't felt in a very long time. I used to feel that in salsa all the time. I was like, we have to go back tomorrow. And we went every single day. Until things started slowly, like the regulations started opening up, someone gave me a pair of fins and a weight belt, and it was over. I was just like, "I've got to get down to the bottom." And then, of course, the problems afterwards. How do I equalize? <laughs> came, but it was just so magical. And and for me, like the psychological perspective of having aspect to all these positive emotions every single time you you jump in the water. Of course, to varying degrees, you know, it's not always going to be that intense, but. Like it never fails and you can get wonder, curiosity, joy, delight, and awe every single time. And where else in the world can you get that almost every day, depending on where
0: you live? Of course, I'm lucky I live here. I completely agree with all of that. Um, we were just talking offline before we started recording that freediving for me is just so calming, so relaxing. And at, when I first learned and started doing lots of it, I never realized how much an effect it had on me until I started doing less of it. And then you start to feel that that tightness come back and that angst and everything else, life, you know, like we, we all live such busy lives that to take that time out in the water is incredible. What I love most about your story too is the fact that you didn't grow up being familiar with this environment you literally said you had a panic attack the first time you went snorkeling oh my goodness that must be so common for so many people i think for for some of us who grow up right next to the sea i've been very fortunate and between new zealand and australia to always be by the ocean so i think i learned to snorkel before i could walk (laughs) and that's how it feels to me it felt really natural for me but that must have been a real challenge for you and there are so many people out there that would go in the water for the first time and not feel comfortable That sense of panic or just discomfort but not actually progress with it. So how did you how did you go from feeling so uncomfortable to pushing through and feeling really comfortable? What did that look like for you? It wasn't the best way and I don't recommend it, but I
1: went out with a couple of friends. I needed to get to work. It was we went super early, like 6.30 in the morning. It was like middle of July. So the sun was up, of course, super early. And my friend and her boyfriend were like, okay, well, it's just like, you know, 200 meters in. You'll be fine. You can swim in. And I was like, what? Wait, what? <laughs> you want me to do what? And keeping in mind, I had tiny little, you know, snorkels, scuba fins. I did not have free dive fins or anything else. Nothing fancy. And I remember looking around and there was literally no one else at the beach. No one else was in the water. So I thought, okay. You're a big girl. You've got to do this. They're not going to swim you in. Your boss is calling in 20 minutes. You got to get your butt moving. Let's go. So I start going and all of a sudden, all the thoughts, what if I get swept away? What if a shark comes up? And then all of a sudden, I sense something is behind me and I had my GoPro. So I just put it on record and put it behind me. But I started like hauling ass. I was terrified. I got to the shore. I'm climbing up the shore and I can't breathe. I'm out of breath. It's so dramatic. And I turn around and I see like these two turtles that are cruising out in the water. And I was like, what the heck is wrong with you? It was literally a five-minute swim, but in my mind, it felt like an eternity, you know. <laughs> and I was so out of breath, like I ran 10 miles or something. But I told myself that day, you don't get to run away. You don't get to be scared. You have to come back and do this again anyway tomorrow. You have to come back tomorrow and do this again. You're not, you're not allowed to be afraid of this. Because I didn't understand where the fear was coming from either because I always loved the ocean so much. But there's a difference between playing and frolicking in the waves at the shoreline as opposed to being out and then navigating your way in and thinking about the waves and the current
0: and creatures and other ways you can get injured in the water. Absolutely. And I think one of the most important things that I've learned as well is the going with experienced people so not just going out on your own having a having a guest you have no idea where you're going what you're going to see what sort of the currents might be like it's so important that you have some support and some help from somebody who is really quite confident in the water and I guess also your time in pools as well growing up in pools and and being familiar with just the swimming actions as well before going out into the into the ocean but good on you for pushing through because now it's such a huge part of your life I love that yeah
1: and I signed up for a class a free diving class just for like a few months down the road so I could get educated I wanted to learn everything I could about all of it I wanted to be a safe diver and then later as I started developing my adaptive therapeutic free diving program I thought I want to be that person who can help the other one who's afraid because I get it I will never forget what that felt like panicking in like three feet of water <laughs> all yeah. I had to do was stand up. And it sounds funny, but when we're that stressed out, we don't have any cognitive problem solving abilities. And so again, with the adaptive program that I created, it, it reflects a lot on some of those early experiences I had. Like, I don't want anyone to feel like that if they're diving with me or mm-hmm. taking a class with me. I want them to feel safe and secure and confident and know that I'm right there to help them with whatever aspect is going on. And we, and we do a lot of this, we do a lot of breath work and practice and confidence building on land before we actually go on the water. I'm not just gonna toss you out there
0: so (laughs) don't literally just go jumping into the deep end. (laughs) Just jump in. Push you off the cliff. <laughs> <laughs> That's actually something I wanted to ask you, is because you've seen the mental health and psychological effects of, of free and being in the water. Do you have any advice for people who are not able to get in the water as frequently? I mean, right now in Perth, it's winter. It is so cold. It's just not appealing. You have to put so many layers on. So I'll go out occasionally, but I'm certainly not going to make it an everyday thing. So what would you? What advice would you have for people to seek that mental health refuge if they can't get into the water?
1: Well, first thing is, if you have videos from past free diving experiences, watch those. So, and then thinking forward, when the summer comes back around, record as much footage as you possibly can. That way you have memories to go back and look at them. And what the science tells us is if we can recapture that same feeling just by watching the memory, then we can kind of get some of that feeling back again. It's actually a way to stimulate part of your brain. I might get nerdy here called the ventral striatum. It's your reward center in your brain. And so let's say I go out tomorrow and I'm diving. I have my GoPro and I record some footage and I want to make sure I'm really in the moment, not just looking through the camera, but looking all the way around. I want to feel the water. The sun is on the back of my head. Feel it on my face. I have a cut on one of my fingers and the salt water is stinging it. I want to be that present in the moment. And I can hear myself breathing through my snorkel. And so you want to capture these feelings. being, And that's the essence of mindfulness, right? Then when you go back and watch your videos, get that feeling again. You're like, wow, man, I used to do this every day. This is awesome. I feel great. And then the next thing would be to do cold face immersion at home with your snorkel. Of course, holding your nose if you need to, but in a bucket or a bowl full of cold water to do a cold face immersion and do some breath work and so it stimulates your trigeminal nerve gets that mdr mammalian dive reflex going and if you're doing the correct breath work practice with it you can get your parasympathetic nervous system kicking back in and get you some rest and digest or just some chill going in less than maybe five minutes
0: Wow, I have never thought about doing some facial immersion at home. It's just never even crossed my mind. But what you're saying makes so much sense. I have goosebumps. (laughs) (laughs) I just, I was that was completely uh, such an an unintentional segue, but that was perfect. I couldn't have asked for a better description when it comes to bringing in underwater videography because obviously being um, an underwater photo coach that I am, I'm very much about capturing the experience and for people, anybody, if they're just learning to snorkel right through to highly experienced divers, how do we capture what it is that we saw so we can look back on it and we can share that with our friends and our family? Because what we see is just so special and at times it's so different to what most of our friends and family would normally see and it's fascinating to them. But I hadn't thought about the part of you watching it back for the the psychology aspects as if you're in the moment that's actually quite incredible and it's it's quite it almost goes against what we what i sometimes teach with video one of my golden rules when it comes to filming video is don't film too much of it because when you have to go and edit it if you've got so much video it's just it's overwhelming and you end up doing nothing with it you go oh, I'm too hard basket and it doesn't go anywhere but there's probably some good times where you'd go this is an incredible moment i'm just going to hit the record button and just sit and enjoy the moment and take it home with me so i can watch it again another time
1: Mm-hmm. And who doesn't want to watch two minutes of beautiful, juicy butterfly fish and Sergeant Majors swimming in like aquarium like water in front of you? I don't think anybody would hate that, you know, <laughs> and it actually happened on uh, Saturday morning. We were leaving one of our dive sites It's called Sharks Cove. It's another protected area. So there's a lot of fish and it was super shallow probably like three feet deep, but we're all like, you know, laying on top of the rocks trying not to hit the coral. And it's like hundreds of fish, a huge bait ball of all kinds of fish were going through. And you were just mesmerized, but I just sat there and recorded forever and I could hear myself breathing. And on the video, when I went back to look at it, I could hear myself breathing. And I noticed my body started responding to that. It started doing the same breath pattern.
0: Wow. All right. It's on my list. I've got to do that. I've got to go and get some footage. So I'm going to spend more time at home because I know that even just doing uh, breathing activities on the couch, so doing some static breath holds dry, can really improve your abilities in the water. And that itself is good, good practice for mindfulness and everything too, to be able to switch from a busy day to click into calm, collected, relaxed. This is going to be my new Saturday nights from now on. This is the life that I live now. Not really. I know. I'm with you. I just imagine (laughs) you on the couch watching some underwater footage, bucket of water. (laughs) That is the dream right there. Don't forget your snorkel unless you,
1: because you don't want to hold your breath necessarily.
0: No. Um, But the water's got to be pretty chilly
1: for it to get. To kick in the a million diet reflex. Okay, how and much is pretty chilly? What the other science says is it should be between 53 degrees Fahrenheit and 65 degrees Fahrenheit. So pretty darn cold. But I think we can still get that based off of my own experience and someone could call me out for that. But based on my personal experience, I haven't had needed the water to be that cold for my MDR to kick in when I'm doing the breath work and the cold face aversion. I even read an article where people put ice packs on their face on their trigeminal nerve and it activated the same response for them so maybe you don't have to think your whole face in a big old you know bowl of water but maybe you can try ice packs but I feel like that would be super cold that's like that's mm. freezing that might that's be too, a bit cold, so. too cold so and
0: I, and I like the idea of the water like the water kind of moves it in an ice pack I feel like it's it's not the same feeling Okay, so grew up in Germany and now living in Hawaii in the water. And you've made it. This is your this is your your work now, isn't it? You get to do this for a living,
1: partially. Yes, <laughs> I still have my private practice, and I do a lot of work with people's nervous systems and helping them learn how to regulate it. And it just made so much sense to bring that over into freediving because that's all we're doing is self regulation the whole entire time, keeping ourselves in a state of I mean we get excited I think but it's just this nice detachment from severe emotions that happens where you're just like so engaged in everything and it's it's just such a relief because sometimes it's so hard to pay attention to our regular life you know I'm looking at my desk and all the things I have to do and I have clients to see later today and I'm just like how am I going to pay attention to them when I see this stack that stack and that stack I can do it but it's it's challenging sometimes but when we're in the water It's just so effortless to have really good observation and attention and awareness and then to be able to describe what we're seeing
0: and not judge it and not react to it. And to me, that's the essence of what mindfulness is. So I'd really encourage anyone who's getting in the water sometime soon just to stop and take a moment and just take it all in and have that that mindful moment. Because sometimes even and when we're on charter boats and stuff like that as well, it's just it's rush, rush, rush. You get in the water and you're, you're all about mm. going and seeing the thing that you went to see and taking that photo. But maybe sometimes it's just about stopping and just thinking, OK, how am I feeling right now? What am I experiencing? What am I seeing? Yeah. So where else has all of this freediving taken you? Have you explored other parts of the world as well now? I used to travel for work
1: and I always would look up salsa places. Now when I travel, I look up freediving. So I've yep. been to the Philippines, Thailand, and Mexico so far Wow! Um, to go freediving. I've been, I'll give Adam, freediver, a little plug. I've been going to deep weeks and those are incredible experiences. Just life-changing just to be able to be involved in that level of, of community building. And that's what I have been trying to do here on Oahu as well. And next up is going to be Mexico again and then Taiwan. Oh. oh, and I did. I went free diving in Germany last December. I went to see my dad and I told him there's no way I can stay dry for two weeks. I will literally die. <laughs> and I found a deep pool. Um, don't make me say the name of the town. Um, But it was a 20 meter dive pool that was shaped like a huge tube and it had statues and all kinds of interesting things in there and you could free dive. So I took a free dive lesson with one of the German champions and uh, a monofin lesson actually. And so I got to free dive in this so damn cold pool. I could not breathe. It was so cold. I didn't think I was going to be that cold, but it was, there
0: was no sun. This was Wow. I was expecting you to say it was a heated pool. I was like, how delightful. (laughs)
1: didn't hate the pool <laughs> she okay. said you need a five mil what's so i was like i only have like a two she was like you're gonna freeze i was like yeah i'm chubby i'll be fine no i was not fine <laughs> oh. <laughs> I was just shivering so but yeah
0: everywhere i go now it's usually centered around free diving yeah. to some degree yeah. So, what, did, what differences did you notice free diving between the different places? So, you've got Mexico, Philippines. Where else did you have on there? Uh, Thailand. Thailand, yes. What are you seeing in these different places?
1: Well, Philippines was the most like different, I think, out of everywhere I've been. We went to a place called Coron on Buswanga. And they have a place called Barracuda Lake, which is kind of like this lake situated in the ocean. And it's this like limestone structure with fresh water, the first 12 meters, and then a thermocline. And the, when you see the thermocline, someone goes through it, it's all fuzzy and like weird looking and blurry. And then they disappear. And then after that, it's salt water. And the water is 32 on the surface. You get down to this thermocline, it's like 34, 35, and then keeps getting hotter the deeper you go. And I think the bottom of the lake was 40 meters. And so I was cruising between 25 and 30 meters. That's where I was working on some of my skills. It took me two days to get used to that temperature because here our water is, uh, I'm going to try converting my head, 25, 26 maybe. In the summer, it gets up to 27, 28. But to go from like our waters to me, relatively cool, which is not compared to California by any stretch of the imagination. But to go into the jacuzzi, and you <laughs> want me to hold my breath? <laughs> and so um, one of the instructors is like, it's like diving in the bathtub it's fine it's like a nice hug uh, you'll get used to it I, I was still like I will never get used to this I need to be cold <laughs> but the interesting part was the mix of the fresh water mm. and then the salt water mm. and seeing this thermal because even on my videos I did some selfies it's like super clear and then all of a sudden there's like this film and blur in front of you and then all of a sudden it's clear again And even when you come back up, the temperature change from just 12 meters up to 10, Mm. it's almost shocking Mm. because it's all of a sudden cool again but only for a couple seconds.
0: That's the opposite to how it usually feels because usually the deeper you go, the cooler it gets. And I know for us, we here locally, we have a much warmer piece of water on the surface and sometimes it's actually really confronting because you're going down and all of a sudden, the cold almost hits you in the face and you go, whoa. And But as you're freediving, you've got to just stay calm and cool and not let it spook you in a way.
1: Oh, I was spooked because the first day I went down, I hit that 12 meters. I was like, nope i'm turning around and i was gone i was like this is too hot i can't I was like, they told me to wear a wetsuit i had to take my wetsuit off i had to just go dive in a rash guard i could not because i'm warm anyway and mm. by nature but um and then i think in mexico the cenotes was soft fresh water and very cold and so that was a whole different experience of like learning how to manage buoyancy and how much weight do i use and and all of that and just the different navigating getting into the cenotes was very interesting with the stairs and then the people who own the land and talking to them and it was super interesting diving in the middle of the jungle
0: yeah you just never
1: think about that being an option for you but it was
0: so how, how many days did you spend there Oh, that trip, I was there about three weeks. I was doing my instructor course. Oh, wow. Okay. And so if you ha- if there were people looking to go to the cenotes and just have a few dives to, to see what it's all about, how long would you suggest that they spend there? It depends on their level of free diving. I would say a week, maybe seven days. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Okay. And and so then Taiwan's next? Uh, Mexico again for deep week and
1: then another deep week in Taiwan.
0: Yes. Awesome. Yeah. Taiwan, yes. that'll, be, that'll be warm again, Taiwan. Definitely. Yes. I did some diving in Okinawa, which is the southern region of Japan. It's actually very close to Taiwan. And I could mm-hmm. not believe how warm it was because in my mind, Japan was is it, a cold weather place or just a cooler climate. But nope, it was mm-hmm. very tropical.
1: I feel like Taiwan will be very similar to here. Mm. And Thailand also reminded me of diving here. I saw some of the same kind of fish and it felt very similar with the salt water and everything
0: you're right one of the things that astounds me most is you can go you can fly to the other side of the world and get in the water and there'll be something that looks familiar it's not always very very different sometimes there's similarities
1: yeah i was like what is this fish doing over here Hmm. (laughs) so (laughs) it was kind of cool to recognize you know like shells and
0: fish and crabs and different things they're just kind of everywhere yeah. The tropical areas. Yeah, absolutely. Now you're capturing a lot of your moments with a GoPro. Is that right? Yes. A GoPro 11 right now. Yeah. And I just got, um, uh,
1: trying to decide if I want to move up to like a regular camera. I used to do professional photography years and years ago, of course on land. Um, but for me, the GoPro is just, I can get everything and not have to worry about it. You know, I can go grab stills or whatever. But I did buy a fancy underwater case for my phone. Yeah. (laughs) But it was an expensive case and it came with a tray and a light. And so now it's just trying to figure out how to get this thing to all cooperate together in the water. (laughs) So that's been kind of interesting. And some of my friends are getting the sony's with the Mm -hmm. big rigs and so i've gotten to play with some of those i just i love the gopro because it's small it's simple i do underwater photography too with students and then getting them to relax and teaching people how to soften their body and amber actually helped me out a lot with that part too because i can film you and tell you what to do all day long but you get me behind this and I'm like, huh, I'm 12 years old and I'm very awkward and I don't know what to do anymore sometimes. <laughs> and on my Instagram, it looks like, you know, oh no, it's Grace and Elegance. No, I can't even walk across the rocks without falling sometimes. Who so. <laughs> <laughs> like whole like Instagram versus reality?
0: Um, Amber is yeah. the, the queen of elegance underwater. She, if, you, if you didn't yes. hear the podcast with Amber recently, you've got to go and listen to her. She's, in, yeah, what an incredible person as well. Yes. yes.
1: I can mer, I can mermaid you. I can style you. Yeah. I can guide you. But put me there, and I'm like, oh, hi, my name is Joe. It's just so <laughs> ridiculous. <laughs> so. And then, of course, you know your fans, and try to get them to point in the right direction and look graceful and elegant. And then you're like, wait, did I take enough of a breathe up? What's happening? Oh my God, is that a fish? <laughs> Boom, and you're gone.
0: underwater model life right there (laughs) (laughs) so so you've got the gopro that's nice and easy especially for freediving it's nice and small and i love having gopro because i actually wear when i freedive in warm waters i just wear leggings that have pockets and then i just slip the gopro in there and it's so easy so what's got you thinking about going to a bigger camera underwater the challenge
1: but I think it's probably at this point better just to pay someone else to do the challenge. <laughs> and I'll just <laughs> I'll, you know, support the community in that aspect. Because if I'm when I'm teaching, I want someone to be able to capture stuff of us mm. working together. But when I'm fun diving though, it's it's a whole different category. And I don't think that I need a whole big rig for fun diving, especially when I think three of my friends have them now. They, everybody's just suddenly, <laughs> I, I don't think it's sudden, but they're, they've just now
0: bought the equipment and getting into it, so. Yeah, it's becoming readily available now as well. the The price points come down. There's there there are more options to choose from. There, uh, you know, even ten years ago, a lot of the stuff wasn't available mm-hmm. online. There were very few stores that sell underwater specialist equipment, that kind of thing. So mm-hmm. I think now we're seeing, and there's more secondhand equipment available too now. So more and more people are giving it a go. It's cool to see.
1: Yeah, well, I have too much of a fin addiction, and um, I'm also a mermaid instructor, so. <laughs> I'm always like, oh, I need this tail or I need these fins. Right. Oh, this mask, of course, should match. You know, so, <laughs> all, the, all the accessories, mermaid accessories. But, yeah. Well, even for free diving, a friend of mine said that
0: free diving is 90% fashion.
1: <laughs> I think it's 90% relaxation, and then you're 90%
0: fashion. Yeah. I mean, freediving does present very well. There's no doubt about that. But I say to people quite often when they're they're just snorkeling and things like that and they go, oh, I don't need freediving fins. It's like, well, actually, they do help you. There's a a practical element there. You can swim a lot further with a lot less effort, even if you're just on the surface to get out and see some more spots. But really, freediving doesn't have to be deep diving. Freediving can also just be more like advanced snorkeling extreme snorkeling is what we like to call
1: it. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. And I like to offer that to people. And that's, what's beautiful about the meetups is it's not line diving. It's not training. This is just fun. and Everything is probably eight meters and shallower. There's some caves in the North shore that we can get to that are about 10 to 12, but you know, no one's forced to go and do these things, you Mm -hmm. know? Um, so I try to make sure we have all levels of underwater playground things to get to uh, because it isn't just about competition and depth diving. And I've always said that. I, yeah. We need to have fun and blow up steam too and blow bubble rings, right?
0: Like In my case, attempt to blow bubble rings. <laughs> I've never been able to nail that one.
1: <laughs> my game has been off lately. but yeah. <laughs> All
0: right. So tell us about the meetup and how people could possibly join in with you and what you're up to or um, learn from you.
1: So I post it on Facebook, uh, or they could follow me on Instagram, The Underwater Therapist. I post it to my story, and I have tons of videos showing our meetups. Last month, I had an obstacle course underwater. So I try to do different... I only do that a couple of times a year because it's kind of a lot set up, which is great, but it's I don't want it to get like boring either. I like to keep this novelty factor going. So yeah, they can find me on Instagram or Facebook and the information's there. They can go to my website, affinitydive.com and take a class or ask for coaching or just reach out to me and ask some questions. They, some people like to do very private lessons. And I just incorporated a truly adaptive freediving lesson with uh, Victoria Fe, F-E-I-G-E. And she is the Canadian adaptive uh, surfing champion. And so wow. we did a free diving lesson together. She's a paraplegic, if I have that right. And so I get a lot of private messages from people. And she's okay with me sharing that, by the way. Um, but she took to it, like, amazing. So she actually had joined us at a meetup. She messaged me and said, hey, is it okay if I come? I'm Like, absolutely, as long as you can swim. And she's a, a world-class surfer. Of course, she can swim. Yeah, so, and I do modifications for people with whatever ability or not. Mm-hmm. Sometimes we just sit by the water and chat because
0: oh. of the the fear factor is pretty strong and so we just work on it
1: a little bit at a time.
0: Oh, so good. I've been known to sit by the sea with my dive buddies and just chat because we get there and the conditions are not looking that appealing. Mm-hmm. And um you know what? The chat, the coffee, the just the chill by the by the ocean looking at the sea. Sometimes that's enough as it is. Yes, yes I agree. Well, it's been absolutely wonderful to speak to you today i love what you're doing underwater therapist it just makes so much sense to me <laughs> we, we all need a bit more of that in our lives and i'm thinking maybe we need to organize some kind of meet up that we can a few of us can travel over for and make a bit of absolutely a yes that sounds yeah, amazing i'm thinking should. Hawaii, warm water turtles dolphins some free diving some mindfulness oh so i could soak it up right right now we're in the middle of winter i could really do with that so we might have to chat more watch this space i can feel something coming
1: (laughs) and thank you for uh, reaching out and inviting me to do this i always get uh, you can tell excited to share about this with everybody who will
0: listen to me (laughs) (laughs) absolutely oh i love speaking to people who are passionate about what they do and you really are and i just love the difference that you're making in the community that you're building so thank you so much for joining me today it's been wonderful chatting Thank you too. And that's a wrap, my fellow ocean explorers. Hey, thanks so much for joining me for this episode of Underwater Photography Exposed. Maybe you're feeling a little bit inspired to jump into the ocean sometime soon. But before we part ways, I do have a special request for you. I would absolutely love if you could take a moment to rate and review the podcast. And of course, don't forget to swim on over to the show notes where you'll find links to things we talked about today, the people that we interviewed, and a special thank you gift from me as a token of appreciation to say thanks for being part of this community and supporting the podcast i'm offering a generous discount of my online underwater photography basics mini course it's the perfect place to start if you're just beginning your photography journey underwater click on the show notes and let the adventure continue until our next plunge into the underwater world stay inspired and happy shooting